What is going on? This is Josh with The Untapped Trader. We are an online community here to help educate people about the stock market. Our brothers and I are going to be delving into the sports betting industry today. Just a quick overview of what we're going to be going into. We're talking about the industry snapshot, an overhead view of what exactly is happening in this industry and why it is set to grow at a rapid rate. Then we're going to go into the trends. We're talking about the legalization and the accessibility for the average individual. Then we're going to talk about some of the companies like we usually do. We're talking DraftKings, MGM, even Fubo TV, which is starting to dip their toes into this area and look at some of the ETFs that currently exist. Then we're going to talk about the overall industry direction where we personally think it's going to go from five year snapshot to 10 years. And lastly, we're going to go into our bearish and bullish stances and offer our own opinions on the market as a whole, the individual stocks that exist, as well as specific trade setups that we're potentially looking at getting into. Stay tuned. Do y'all use? What do y'all use? Have y'all used DraftKings? Have y'all done any of that stuff? I yeah. used I used DraftKings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tried it with uh, with Clay actually. I no, I don't want to. I feel like I gambled my money away like very quickly. It, like this year, I think next year I'll start doing it. Uh, I've been because I've seen my friends do it. Like together, they choose their picks, and like I think the analytics are there now, and so I think this next year I'll get into it. Like this, that makes more sense to me. You know what me. the problem I have all the time with sports betting is I've tried to do this where I like pair up with a buddy, we do DraftKings, <laughs> it's mostly been Topher, and like we'll make all these picks and they're great. The problem is, is that say you're doing your dailies or your weeklies, right? And you're just trying to do a weekly lineup and like for NFL. And the problem is, is that you can be spot on on all these name, main name picks that you pick and like you know you maximize all this and that but the people who win it's it's always the house because what they use is algorithms and they're able to see literally the percentage that people pick a certain player and, and the only awesome. way to win is if you aren't picking those players and you're picking other players that people are not picking and those players go off further like you know what i mean like it's like that's how the super bowl went for mm-hmm. me was like i i literally bought um Gronk mm-hmm. because he was one who was cheaper. Yeah. But then two, a lot of people weren't getting him. Yeah. And he had being one of the big hitters in the game. Like yeah. he, made, he had like two <clears throat> touchdowns, right? Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, two touchdowns. So it was like a really big win just to have him on my. Did you win that day? Yeah. I, I made like 50 bucks. Oh, sick. But like to win like the big prizes and stuff or yeah, to, to the house is always going to have a, an advantage when it comes to lineup making and stuff. Yeah. And that's the only thing I've learned after doing like sports betting at least on dailies and weeklies is that it's like you're not just you're trying to one find out what everyone essentially what everyone the most optimal list everyone's going to naturally gravitate to and then you have to game it like you have to rock paper scissors it and you have to be scissors while everyone else is being you know paper you know and that's basically that's the problem and it's so hard to do that without not having like an extensive amount of like analytics on players that are going to be competing that week. It's just, the math is just so insane. And yeah, that's the hard part. Cause like if everyone picks the same players, like your, all your scores are going to yeah, essentially you, look very you, you similar. You end up splitting a pot if y'all end up <clears> winning. <throat> but my other thing though, is 
is um because I, I i think clay and i did like 100 bucks and we effectively lost like all of our bets that we had like throughout the year you and clay Oh yeah, like, we, like the it was season, like the one week, like one weekend. One week. <laughs> we had, like, so, so DraftKings has like a variety of different things that you can put your money into, and we had, you know, divvied it up between multiple events because like certain certain events have more people involved, um, but it may be cheaper. Whereas the other ones that cost a little bit more are going to have a much smaller pool, so you have like percentage wise, you know, quote unquote, a higher chance of winning. Um, so just depending on how you divvy up that hundred dollars, and it was like no matter what, we were like losing because it was like you can't just go with the like the top choices because one you have like a money cap that they gave you to like pick your team but then two like everyone else is gonna be picking the big hitters as well so you have to like pick someone else that you think is gonna have like an even better game just to get around and, and hope that like one of the big choices doesn't have as good as a game as everyone expects so yeah. which, which, was, which was like very difficult to do obviously and then like it's super tough. bowl yeah super bowl i just like went against my instincts and picked like the cheaper players but people who i thought like you know normally do well anyways and have like good games like one like one-offs type of thing and that ended up like helping me win yeah i think chase <clears throat> that game chose selected gronkowski and antonio brown oh yeah like as like people to sure so i think he won a lot <clears throat> that game yeah well and he was also doing like live gambling too like based on what was happening with oh the, the live game. action the live action bets gambling. that yeah. you do like okay now the betting i do like is parlay betting which is sweet which is basically like um, you combine a bunch of small bets, and if they all happen, it's like a multiplier to how much you win. But they all have to happen. Mm. But the more you add, the bigger your multiplier becomes. So like it could be like a safety in the first half, and the score will only be this much, and like the last person to score will be a field goal, and like and you just like can build this like parlay bet like that interesting Partly and better. those have like obviously they're cheap but the multiplier effects like you can that's like kind of like it's like the options of sports betting you know yeah like you make all these calls did y'all see watch uncut gems on mm. netflix no. no not yet adam sandler it's it's a it's a pretty serious role for him oh and where it's... he's a gambling addict or some shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean and, and and more but you should check it out. It's cool. I mean, it's all about sports. I like Adam Sandler. It, it, that one's a good one. It's not like his typical Happy Gilmore, you know, stuff that he does. It's this is a more. I mean, serious honestly, role. he has a bunch of pretty fucked up roles that he's played. I mean, Wedding Singer. Is it Wedding Singer? Yeah, I was like Wedding Singer. <laughs> wedding Singer's pretty up fucked too. up. Yeah. Like even a uh, Click was actually pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got that. But I mean, more on the humor side. This mm-hmm. one's a little bit. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, he normally doesn't like this air one outside of the humor. This side one was stressful. Like, it, I think it intentionally made the viewer stressed because oh, nice. there was like a lot those. of, like, yeah, just the build up, the noise, there's a lot of stuff going on in every scene. And I think it was meant to stress people out. Um, we go to the sports betting industry snapshot and kind of give a little idea about what has kind of happened. So, one of the things I saw was PASPA. So are you all familiar with PASPA? Mm-hmm. PASPA. So the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act of 1992. Oh, okay. So I read about a little bit about the history of it. And basically, this bill was struck down uh, in 2018. And originally, what this basically did was made all betting only allowed in Nevada. So it was struck down in 2018. And that's what's basically opened up this door for all this sports betting in all these other states. And as of now, um, which is other states that are currently... 
trying to enact bills and get it passed. But right now, there's 18 states currently standing that have regulated sports betting markets. So I thought that was pretty cool, just from like a quick industry snapshot and how fast it's starting to be like, like widely adopted um, across the United States. So right now, we're at like a 30% of the U.S. has the sports betting capability and other states are already in the process to try to get some sort of legislation pushed through. So pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> a big justification for it. I think it w- in the Supreme Court was that fantasy sports are now viewed as a game of skill versus chance, at least in the eyes of the law. What about what about Holden? You know, well, I mean, well, I think similarly, right? I think like that's but is Holden? I mean, Holden isn't. It's a game of skill. I think they, I think they justify it as a game of skill. Is it? Can we play full tilt? Is full tilt? Is that even a thing anymore? Well, I mean, I mean, I know we can play. You know, you can go to casinos in different states and play. Yeah, on a reservation. Oh yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense though. I mean, like I guess using that comparison, I'm just curious if Poker Stars is still a thing because I remember, remember you I remember know. back oh, yeah. in like 2006, 2007, yeah, or whatever, really and it got uh, it got huge, got and then they shut it down. Yeah. Oh, they it got shut down. I yeah. have no idea. I don't I know. Just, like, My Fultzel account got shut down. I'm sure they distinguish between sports betting and poker and other types of billiards games. I still remember the day when that that federal seal was on my website. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean. I guess because like a, a, I guess a lot of like politicians think that it plays on the, like the bad sides of human beings, right? Well, it's a sin product, right? Gambling is a yeah. sin product. Alcohol, nicotine, yeah, yeah. drugs, alcohol. Yeah, and I guess we can. I guess we can dis- discuss that a little bit later because that, that'll kind of go into some of the other categories. But I guess um, <clears throat> industry snapshot. Yeah, industry snapshot. Two inches. So I guess you could say trend. Trend wise, the us as a people, we are becoming more morally corrupt than yeah. corrupt. <laughs> in a way in a way so, in a way to fill our pockets yeah. our morals become bankrupt yeah alright Jake so what'd you say about the snapshot yeah 203 billion dollars in this industry that's current size I think so that's, that's what I could find is that really that big that doesn't seem that big yeah, you, gotta think, you gotta think who is joined who has joined it in the last few years so 190,000 97,000 employees 31,000 businesses as of 2020 uh, when looking at the exploding topics we had Ninety and a half thousand Google searches a month, and that search is an uptick. And, and just the last or in the last year, that's a up one hundred and sixteen percent. That's an interesting number. The one hundred ninety seven employees, the thirty one thousand businesses. Because I mean, some of these companies are relatively small. Yeah, I mean, like you're talking like that would be like an equivalent of six to seven, an average of six to seven employees a company. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it says I'm reading right here, and it says that basically the the annual compound. Or compound annual growth is expected to sit somewhere around twelve percent from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty. That's what I'm seeing. Is I see immediately with that industry snapshot, two hundred three billion as being like the market size. I feel like that's too small. I feel like there's a lot of room for growth there. When you talk about companies, also thirty one thousand businesses only having an average. Well, it's like what? It's like roughly ten percent or something, right? Like. 10 i don't know let's see you can probably get i think it's more than like three people per business with that number well it would be uh six six to seven people yeah. per business but you gotta say it's it's catching on because here's the thing we have like DraftKings has been really they become really big and there's like other companies that are making really big moves into the sports betting industry so obviously mm-hmm. like people are seeing that it's obviously becoming a really big trend and something to capitalize on yeah i think is, i mean yeah as we get more into trends with like i think companies that are jumping into this area like the large ones think MGM Entertainment that have now moved 
from just the like you know brick and mortar uh, entertainment and gambling facilities to also online gambling platforms so i think that's going to make this thing grow big right like it, I, I think it only pushes it oh yeah definitely and then so 203 billion is that for like gambling and as a whole or just the sports betting and just sports i was looking at sports betting so we're not talking about gambling i was just trying to find information on sports betting alone interesting so i think 203 billion is a pretty good you number know what's funny is like just that i wonder i wish we had i wish i had some numbers on the trends for like casino gambling like like the traditional gambling where people go to a casino yeah and they go on the floor and they're playing roulette and stuff like that and i'm curious the trend because i'm sure it's going down as far as like casino gambling goes i mean that's what i would assume but i don't know for sure and i'd be curious if that means a lot of that market is shifting more towards sports because of the convenience well, of being able to do it at home it is i mean at least with this last year because casinos and travel were largely closed because like because oh, of COVID, yeah, for sure like, oh, largely yeah. and so, so sports books like DraftKings and FanDuel, they were dominating this online gambling market this yeah. last year so so we just hop right into trends yeah yeah oh yeah so that was the industry snapshot really quickly so 203 billion dollar industry it's quickly growing and that's a larger due because of paspa being struck down and that basically opens up the doors for a lot of states to adopt uh sports betting and online gambling so going into trends who wants to start it off Jake starts off. Yeah, Jake. Yeah. This is R&B. This is yeah, casinos and travel. Right. Largely closed due to COVID. And it's really helped these sports books like DraftKings and FanDuel. Because how old is DraftKings? DraftKings is only a couple years old, right? No, it's much older than that because I is did it? it back in uh, sure high school. Oh, yeah. My DraftKings account's ancient. But it's it, like, I think almost it, 10 years but old. But it's it recently became... Oh, 2012, yeah. Yeah, re- recently IPO'd, quote-unquote. Yeah. Okay, okay. Basically a SPAC merger. Yeah, from my understanding. Yeah, so it had a SPAC merger, uh, which a lot of companies are doing now, just to quickly get to the market and oh, become a public company. So, s- struck some kind of SPAC deal, merged with them, and is now a public traded, a publicly traded company. Mobile sports gambling. I mean, I'm, I mean, I haven't been looking into this stuff until recently, but I don't know how long, how accessible gambling has been just to get on your phone. It's been pretty. Accept- I mean, I've had DraftKings, like I said, since. Probably yeah. when they first started. Honestly, I think I actually downloaded DraftKings in the first year that they were available as an app. Yeah. Just because it was like the new thing and we were running all of our fantasy football off of like a DraftKings format. And and that's what I remembered it as was almost strictly for drafting. Okay. And because uh, you could actually set up. I, remember, I, couldn't, I can't remember exactly how it worked. If we just had the app used to pay our dues and run our league that way. And then we used like another app like ESPN or something on the side to actually like play the game. But I can't remember exactly how we did it, but I remember using it to like pay all my dues and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, okay. it's been around for a while. And as far as like, I mean, some, all my, you know, I have all those DJ friends of mine and uh, <laughs> like sports betting, they just do it. And it's like kind of a language that I've never really quite understood. And they just, they have all spoken this language since I was, you know, young early 20s and stuff like that and like this is something i want to look you know more into but fantasy sports like those are those are growing i don't think as like necessarily fast as this no this is different but but like i think th- those kind of go hand in hand right oh yeah i i think i, I mean, that's that, that's the only way it would bring me to gambling like with sports oh, bet- with sports betting i think that's how a lot of my buddies started doing it too yeah. it was just you know we all did fantasy that was cool but then like you know every week it's like you know if you aren't having the best league this year they switch they want to keep gambling you know they keep want to keep trying to win money 
So they'll do like sports bet, yeah, week to week. No, I, I mean I think there's, I mean I guess it's another emerging trend, but it's just like there's all these things that the, like the populations that looking that you know is interested in sports, and then fantasy and and then sports betting. There's all these different services coming together, that, you know, it, again like it's only just gonna I think increase people's exposure to it and ease of access to it that's what i'm saying right i mean yeah like i'm just like i especially as i was doing the research for this um it, it kind of relates to our, the next thing which is these increased mega deals we're seeing with the media the advertising and sponsorships so how heavily these companies uh are paying just to get them their names out there oh for sure i, I mean, mean that's still like some of the largest part of their budget right i mean this has to be a huge catalyst for all these companies because i mean DraftKings, like i said i only knew it as something much less than what it is today yeah and i was shocked at, at as to what people are using it for like the app i redownloaded it like this past year got all my information all verified and brought my account back to life but it's totally different like i it, it's honestly a lot to take in now I, it's developed so much it makes sense that they would ipo and try to get themselves out into a publicly traded market because if this industry is as big as it's looking to be i mean this is I mean, honestly, it's a pretty huge thing. Well, it's interesting. I think that there are companies, there are like the sports betting platforms. And I think a lot of those are making deals with these huge entertainment companies. They're starting to hold hands and they're starting to combine in a sense. almost. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I think there's a lot of mergers or acquisitions that are happening and to really get these things up and running off the ground. And like, again, like it's merging something into an already existing consumer base, mm-hmm. which I think is the big, uh, you know, I think what's going to lead to the huge proliferation of this is right. Not, not only just the ease of access, but just like, if you're seeing this stuff every day and you know, you're seeing those ads where people are winning thousands of dollars off of right. A call. You, you could have called it right. Like, yeah, I could have made this call. Oh yeah. Um, no, it's definitely, it's certainly more in the public eye. I mean, yeah. That's how I've, kind of came back into it was i just kept seeing it everywhere and uh now like now that i'm i've downloaded the app and we've kind of talked about it more and now that it's being publicly traded now i can't like everywhere i look i see sports betting this sports betting that yeah so it's definitely like changed and morphed from a more raw and kind of like i guess almost like a it's almost like it's just been in its infancy for the last decade yeah and now it's finally starting to show like you know it's like actually starting to develop and i i think it goes again like as this evolution is happening we have the the viewing experience of while we watch sports like how that is how that's been changing and adapting Mm. i think it's happening pretty quickly i mean we saw it like just bottom line when you watch sports and just i'm just gonna take nfl because that's what we watch predominantly but look at all the different companies that dip their hands into broadcasting games right you have amazon nickelodeon i think took a game on Right, you have ESPN, yeah, you have NFL true. Network, you have all these different companies. I'm not sure if that was more of an anomaly because of the, the situation with COVID or not, but yeah. I mean, well, but like, anyways, like these are all companies that have done it now, right? Mm-hmm. And if they bring in viewers, and that's a large stream for them, that's 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 money. Uh, and so again, like I, I think us speaking to the sports viewing experience is going to be, a, you know, like pretty eye opening. Um, the first one, Josh, you mentioned it earlier with Chase, uh, and how he does a lot of the micro betting, so betting on those small events and predicting a live in play actions outcome right yeah so i think that's a cool feature is 
again, like I think I think sports betting for a long time, you had to be at a physical building to do it. Um, and and like again, I guess in the last decade or so, it started to be more mobile and online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this micro betting feature is really, I mean, it, like that's going to really push the thing is being able to vote. It's on also s- going to change things, yeah. like as far as like how they distribute this information. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm, I know for one thing, like if you are a fan of golf, l- knowing where to watch a golf event is like one of the most difficult things. Like it, they just go between all these different avenues of able being able to watch golf and you have to have like all this different access and stuff like that. And honestly, it's just not even worth it. Like, I honestly don't watch <laughs> golf professionally because it's like, why? It's like, how, like, how am I like, going to do it? Yeah. Like, I don't know how, like, and it, it's always one thing or another. Like I don't have access here. I don't have access there. And it's like, I just give up. Like I just watch the highlights now. But, um, I can see how this would be a good motivator, especially with last year and all these other people like Nickelodeon, like showing an NFL show, hosting a show, which like, that was like ridiculous. It is. Ridiculous. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous. It is it ridiculous. Hilarious. But honestly, it? honestly, oh, yeah, dude, like the Nickelodeon. Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And what if was, that is like what they're going to do? Like, what if the big problem with sports and like, if there are any numbers showing that it's lacking, it's simply just the way that they distribute, you know, the games. And what if that, this is going to help change that possibly? I don't know. I'm just speculating here. I'm just oh, yeah. kind of spitballing here. I, I, I think if you're doing live micro betting with like where it's, it's, it's been integrated into your actual streaming service or your cable service or whatever it is, that's only going to increase the viewership, right? It's all these people who were like, I mean, I think people who are already doing sports betting are watching this stuff anyways, but now well, you're coupling it together. And I think it's this mutual relationship between consumers where, you had people who were just really loving to watch football or basketball games night, weekly and nightly um, and maybe didn't bet. And now you have them that like get, they get to see these features that are super easy. Like I have ideas in my mind what like a live betting looks like through your streaming service. Like, I guess soon we're going to see it. I mean, because Fubo, you know, they're going to start doing – I don't know how they're going to do it, how they're going to integrate it, but they apparently are. Yeah, so Fubo TV, yeah, they acquired Vi- Victory mm-hmm. or some kind of – a very like new, you know, online betting platform, and I've since I use Fubo, that's how I watched Red Zone this season. Right. Uh, so and it's already a cool service. I mean, it's just it gets all the sports in one little batch, and you can just watch whatever you want, um, and pick them and watch replays and record. So just like any cable service, but it's like Netflix meets your cable service for sports. And I picture as I'm watching, whenever they get this thing up and rolling, like if you have your bank account already connected to Fubo. It's probably one of those things where you can jump in on different bets, right? On like different games, and I think I think DraftKings also has a similar like idea in mind too, with what they 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 partnered up with Dish Network. I think so. They partnered up with Dish Network, and I'm not sure exactly what their end game is with that, um, but probably probably a lot, like they're probably doing like the offset like process that Fubo's doing, where Fubo already has the platform, yeah, for actual streaming, and now they're just integrating another. Effectively, another source of revenue. And I think I think DraftKings is going to do like the opposite direction, where like they have a source of revenue and they're going to team up with a platform to make it a lot easier to get people involved. Mm-hmm. So, which I think. So yeah. <laughs> so I mean, micro betting. Did you mention like just the online access in general? Yeah. You, you already talked about that. Like, is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. We kind of hit that with mobile sports, but yeah. I mean, mo- I'm, I, all the yeah. micro. All this is well, all this is possible because you're just the ease of access to all the. Yeah, online I, I mean, um, Nick, I, I just forgot, but basically. I forgot to mention this, but as 
an actual user of DraftKings. I think that's like the, one of the cool parts. And I think just as people who like to trade and or gamble in general, it's not because they like, or we, like we don't like to just take risks just to take risks without having any knowledge of what might potentially happen. I think, um, especially as someone who plays like Texas Hold'em, um, it's there's a lot more like strategy that's involved, a lot more like statistics Control. and numbers. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways to reduce, like mitigate that risk. And even though like, you know, when you're playing a card game and there's a lot of unknowns about that, but like you could say that about the stock market, right? Like, like there's unknowns. Yeah. You don't know what a company's going to do the next day, right? Like, like who would, like who's to say that like one company that everyone's really confident about ends up going bankrupt out of nowhere, right? Like, so like that, like those, well, those that, unknowns. That's like, all probability. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the same thing with sports, but there is a science to it. And I think that's also what attracts a lot of people is like being able to approach these situations that seemingly are, you know, full of unknowns and being able to actually apply some sort of like mathematics to it, some sort of strategy. I think that's also something that's going to be dry, like driving a lot of people's participation in this. Cause I mean, that's kind of what's happening with the market. Like one, I think at the end of the day, anyone would like to make money. Like, uh, you know, if there's a way that someone could potentially make money using the skills that they have or the knowledge that they have and being able to like basically turn the odds in their favor why wouldn't they? I think that's kind of like the big like lure that like a lot of these companies are doing and why so many people are one getting involved in stock market trading while they're also getting involved in gambling like Texas Hold'em where it's like there's a lot more strategy to it than a lot of people think. Like it's not just you hoping you have the best set of cards. It's yeah. like you knowing potentially what your opponents could have and how it's going to fare well against yours, right? And then as well as sports betting now and now it's so easily accessible with being online. That's a huge trend. I think everyone's just starting to capitalize on it. Yeah. So that's my spiel. Well, I, I mean, and I mentioned Twitch and Amazon. And there, I mean, I know Amazon acquired Twitch. So kind of the same thing. But when I watch what, what Twitch is doing now, and Amazon's really doing it, is they broadcast, Amazon Prime broadcast games on Thursday nights for football. And Twitch now, different streamers can broadcast that same game as a promotion for that game. And so you have a lot of gamers that are now watching their favorite streamer watch this game and comment, uh, like comment, you know, be a commentator to it. But what they started adding in the Twitch, like, so you can interact like while, during, in a live stream is you can vote and there's polls that happen as the game's going on. And so you, these viewers can vote and, you know, is, you know, how does this series end? Is it a punt? Is it a touchdown? Or is it a field goal? Right. And also it's like, who's going to score the next touchdown? Who's going to like? How far are they going to? Are they going to you know kneel down on the kickoff return, or are they going to run it up to twenty yard line or something? So there's those live polls that are happening, and you know I I I see something along the lines of if Amazon gets their hands into more sports streaming, like they can get deals with these different companies. Oh yeah, they're going to run away with it. Well, and I and I think as soon as that happens, sports betting comes right into Twitch because with Twitch, right, you can already subscribe and give bits and stuff to your the people you're watching it's the money's already there, right? The money system is already integrated into the platform. They could just do it with betting now. So they acquire some kind of betting company, sports betting company, then they can easily do that because I mean, well, that actually brings, I mean, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, I think that kind of trails off into esports. Yeah. Yeah. And so th this is what I thought was really cool and kind of a very like potentially lucrative market. Cause if you think about it, like one, how many are there, like, how many people play video games on the regular? And it's like so many. And out of those people, how many actually have, some kind of major like gaming person that they follow right like especially on twitch yeah like i mean do y'all have like names off the top of your head who you like to watch nick Merckx. nick Merckx. tin the tap man john oh tin tap man 
I mean, I stopped watching once I stopped playing Apex, but I mean, I used to watch like, uh, what was like Dr. Disrespect. He, he was on there. He was on Twitch. Yeah. 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 So like, well, like Shroud, like, I mean, I don't even know if he's on Twitch. He I, is, he's back on Twitch now. He's back on Twitch now? Yeah. So like I watched Shroud constantly and I'm not even that, like, I don't game as avidly as I used to, but even then I'll still watch some, you know, some streaming I forgot, I forgot the names of the people I used to watch. I know, right? <laughs> but like, they but like, they obviously weren't that important to you. <laughs> yeah. I subscribe and comment and, you know, yeah. <laughs> I talk in the chat like those idiots. And I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like Nick Murph, oh, give me like, a shout okay. out. Yeah, yeah, they they do. Do. I, I, like, buddy. Uh, like Zeus. I don't know if y'all know who Zeus is. No, no. dude. No. Australian guy. He's pretty weird. Nah. But, I, I, okay, say so Nick Merck's intended that, man, because they're all right now with the whole, like, they're big on the Barcel Sports and Cash App stuff. Yeah. And, well, that, and if it's, it's, merging, dude, it's merging, I swear it's gonna yeah. merge. And if you have this huge crowd that's like watching all these yeah. gamers, and then start going into tournaments, and you can make bets through Twitch, like through the Twitch platform, or just and like it's that easy, and it's right in your face, and like you're just watching, like why not just like, hey, I love this guy to death or gal, I'm going to throw money on this person because I believe they're gonna go super far the, in this tournament. Yeah, what I'm thinking is people already want to play in tournaments, right? Because you people like to play for money. And they're like, I'm willing to bet. I will pay an entry fee into tournaments and bet on myself that I'm going to try and win this thing. Now, most viewers who watch these people game are not that good. But if you can put money down oh, on yeah. your favorite gamer that you know is a badass. That'd be so cool. Dude, like, it doesn't even matter if they're, like, you're just like, I know, like, they, they have the it like, I'd factor. Have a, I'd, have, I'd have a good chance of winning regardless. Yeah, you're like, Nick Merckx, when he gets into it, you know, he's a winner. You know, the guy, like, he's a winner. You know, he's going to win that game. Yeah. He's good in the competitive scene. I want to, I want to put money down like in him he's my champion that's what it is it's now you're yeah. electing gladiators to go fight for you and you're putting yeah. money down and you're like I'm gonna win virtual money on this. gladiators there I we would, go I would have yeah. really liked to do that like in those Apex tournaments they did where they had like um, influencers with pro gamers and they would team up and so it was like you know yeah. you had like very casual like Candy Roo like playing with like Daltouche and stuff who are like pros <laughs> and he's just like like yeah he's he like, just looks like a total common man like with a bunch of professional like i would Get love this. to bet on those tournaments what's what's i know what's happened with warzone and i think fortnite i'm sure and other games but streamers team up with a celebrity of sorts yeah yeah often athletes mm-hmm. yes like, so what's happening now are these big athletes and a lot of you know nba nfl well, zeke well, yeah, I think Zeke, PGA dude. has always had the pro-ams, which are pro-amateur tournaments. And those have always been kind of like some more popular like tournaments. Because it'd be like, you know, like I think Tiger Woods and his son Charlie like yeah. playing in the pro-am. Or like, you know, some other person like with Bill Murray oh, or yeah. something like that. Like those are always like super but, fun to watch. Yeah. But I mean, it's like we are like, again, these things are merging. Like these things are already, it's already bleeding over into different areas, right? Like sports betting is already... Like, it's the next thing to enter the e-gaming change. Yeah, like community in a big way. I think it might already be there. I think esports might already have some fashion of sports betting going on. No, they do. Uh, if you, uh, I haven't they, done it. They have it on um, in our sleeper app. Really? You can draft. What? You can draft esports teams hell? for certain events and stuff like that on a week-to-week basis. What is this in? It's on our... Um, it's our fantasy app. On oh, sleeper. Wow. Sleep, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, like, well, I mean, apps are doing it, man. Like, esports is already on there. Well, I know, I know, I know. Fantasy sports, you can do it. Mm-hmm. They're already trying to get that going. Oh yeah, but I, I mean, it's already there. I mean, you see it on platforms. Yeah, how easy would it be to make it? Oh yeah, like ba- basically everything they're doing for sports, as far as gambling and fantasy leagues go, like I think that's only a matter of time before esports adopts that as well, because that's just as big as of a following, if not like arguably like bigger, because it like blends, you know, it bleeds over. Like how many people who like sports play video games mm-hmm. and it's like probably a large well, just think about the generations you know oh, yeah. i mean our generation 
Like how many people don't have a console in their house? Right? That's like, like really like like some kind of like gaming console I mean, yeah. or a PC. Yeah. Like it's gotta be pretty massive. But yeah, so I think that's gonna be pretty cool. And I know like me personally, like as someone who just like has streamers playing in the background sometimes, like if there was gambling involved and there was like a tournament going on and I was like somewhat invested in it, like you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd probably be like throwing some money down. Like oh, yeah. like if I watch Shroud in a tournament, I'd be like, Yeah, like he's arguably one of the best shooters. Around. But you know, sometimes I've watched him, and he in some tournaments he just does not perform, and so you know yeah. it's like that's, that's kind of the, the that's the unknown gamble. Well, because there's so many players that are like yeah, solid like that may not even stream. They're just mm-hmm. solid. Like you're mm-hmm. okay, they're good. Yeah, and then, you know team elements too. Oh yeah, we're like even like League of Legends, mm-hmm. you know, like the tournament plays that they have for that, and like literally being able to place bets on different. I am curious and, what that will also mean, like as far as developing those industries, because if. People are making a ton of money on the betting of the industry. You know that the industry is going to grow in value, like the because if if people are making money off of them playing, like that's got to translate into actual growth in those in that in the players. You know, like how much money they make. Oh yeah, because I think right now it's still kind of honestly not that big, right? Oh yeah, like getting like sponsorships from like full fledged companies and stuff. I like, just think full, that like, I mean, you know, football players make millions and millions of dollars. I mean the average professional gamer doesn't make millions and millions of dollars oh yeah but but, but now it's like it's starting to tra- like transition as far as training goes and everything like they're actually getting personal trainers for their teams and stuff because being physically and mentally prepared is a whole factor into it yeah so, i mean there's gonna be a lot of change to that too you know there is i mean oh, yeah. same like with football look at all the safety regulations that change on almost on a year-to-year basis yeah like things change because they realize players are in danger Oh yeah, and, like I think the I saw an interesting documentary about that with video games, but yeah. yeah. Whereas, well, I think it's interesting too is that the thing about video games is it doesn't matter what your actual like physicality is. Yeah, but like, there are injuries. Oh yeah, that like, that people tr- like do mentally and physically get injured. But I think the, the limitations to be like a professional sports athlete, as far as video gaming goes, I guess we can, we can all agree that it's probably a lower threshold. In terms of like what's required, like physically. Yeah, I've never seen him get concussed <laughs> playing Call of yeah. Duty. Like, like, <laughs> like we've been on like on like twelve hour Avengers and like no at no point we'll be like, oh or like my hamstring or my knee exploded. <laughs> no, like that, but, that didn't but, happen. I mean, but yeah, but I mean look how many people have like you oh, know like bad vision arthritis in their hands already yeah. at like, you know, twenty years old, stuff like that. Oh yeah. They'll work through that. Yeah. They'll work through, push that. through it. Yeah, push you know? through it. It's the cost. It's the cost to play. Yeah. And yeah, like maybe you go pro for like three, four years and you have to retire because it's like, I can't even imagine like the problem with video games is like how much you have to practice because that's like always the thing like with pro like golfers or pro anybody's like if like the amount of time and effort they have to put into practicing their their craft, it's so much easier to do it when you don't have to go somewhere to do it. Yeah. Like when you can just log on to your computer at home in your in your bedroom and just start practicing like, man. Well, and you gotta look at like where the next like the next generations are gonna be flowing into. And Jake, as a teacher, how many of your students do you see as being like athletes compared to video game athletes? Right? Like, is that number like drastically different from when we were in high school, right? Oh, dude, they all play games. Exactly. They all play games. I think there's like they play less sports because of the fear of failure thing. Maybe. Part I don't part. I don't know. I mean it's cra- I don't I don't know. I see a lot of it's... young kids. I that's what I hear is like they have like this like I don't fear know. of failure so they don't even try that's i mean that's a lot of people but yeah oh, i mean yeah i mean that's in every but there generation. are so many young athletes now that are just getting top-notch training so i think there's more than enough mouths to feed when it comes to like actual sports but i think everyone is playing some fashion of a game yeah 
yeah, a so video I, game. So I think, like, generationally, like, speaking... It's way more accessible than sports. Yeah, as, far it's as, way more as far as the esports market goes, it's only going to get bigger, in my opinion, and only become more popular as these younger generations grow up. And I think it's going to be easier to capitalize on, and there's going to be a much bigger market than there already is, which yeah. I don't even think has been, like, fully capitalized on. And going towards gambling, I think that's going to be even more so a huge factor into it when other people who aren't as good as gaming at gaming as these professional, uh, you know, gamer athletes... They could just pick their favorites now and hope they win for them. Well, and just think of the different market. You know, not every gamer is probably a big avid fan of sports. Yeah. But if they're a big fan of different gamers or games, Boom. then you have an entirely new market for sports betting. Mm-hmm. That is not like you ignore all the NFL, ignore all the sports betting. Yeah, does, does, Exa- exactly. Yeah. Does Fubo have a channel for esports? I don't know. I didn't. I. I mean, I. I not when I looked at it. It looked like a regular like, cable just, company. I mean, they have everything from rugby to like lacrosse and. All right, Fubo, we're trying to Polo. throw that out there. I'm sure they're trying to sports I mean, channel because it, it, they'll they'll stream sports esports on ESPN two and stuff, right? Or like the Ocho or something. <laughs> the Ocho <laughs> with the, the dodgeball. Yeah, well, I think that was. So I, th- I think we're at a good point as far as trends go. Yeah, yeah. So let's. You want to go into the specific companies for sports betting? Yep. And break it down. Yeah. So we can just start with the king. Yep. DraftKings. DraftKings. So yeah. So ticker symbol DKNG, and they are currently sitting near or at all time highs, as far as the ticker symbol goes in the stock market. Mm-hmm. I know in the last month there have been two pretty good, cool deals announced. Dish Network and DraftKings agreed to provide the app on the dish TV platform. So that's something in the works. And I know that I, I saw that live because I've been watching Fubo a lot and working with Fubo. And that was something that negatively impacts Fubo, right? Cause it was, they're actually like direct competitors now and what they're trying to do. Mm. Then they later on announced the deal with the UFC to be the official sports book and daily fantasy partner, which is huge because that's, isn't the UFC like the fastest growing, like, it's be, yeah, it's sport really or something. I saw something like that. It was like the fastest growing. Sp- I don't know if it was like I mean, watch- it's overtaking boxing for sure. Yeah, like oh, watch yeah. sport. Probably definitely sports betting too. <clears throat> um, Which, so- from a just stock market standpoint, like from the charts. Yep. Uh, just in case everyone wasn't tracking, but the past few weeks have been pretty rough for tech in general. The Nasdaq's been getting hammered because of all, and largely like you know the SPAC market has had this huge, massive, effectively correction where you have a lot of these SPACs that have been dropping significantly like 30 plus percent yeah over the past few weeks DraftKings has been one of the few that has actually continued to ra- like continue to rally and continue to make all-time highs also it's pretty interesting is i believe kathy woods is now invested in DraftKings. arc yep arc invest they are yeah yep. they, they have so, some kind of yeah they have yep. a lot of shares yep so kathy woods now looking at DraftKings, and they see it as a very viable option for future growth which for those of you that don't know kathy woods they're or the arc invest fund they look at a five-year time frame. So all their investments, they believe that's going to be an outperformer, a big hitter for the next five years, potentially. Mm-hmm. So something to keep an eye on. Pretty interesting. Yeah. We have Flutter Entertainment. Flutter Entertainment. So the ticker symbol is PDYPY. So and they are also at all-time highs at the moment. So And they're basically, they're global. So this company's been around for a while. Um and they just continue to expand geographically, so across the world. Yep. So and they um, own FanDuel. Yep, they have ninety five percent stake. Yep. And then we we didn't even talk about that, but 
sports betting is not strictly unique to the U.S. The U.S. is probably like what newer to it, I think, because of the 2018 lift of the ban. Yes, yeah, just largely uh, because there's been because sports bet, which is a brand of Flutter Entertainment, is the market leader in the Australian online sports betting community. Mm. And then Agerabet is the leading gambling company in Eastern in the Eastern European country of Georgia. Okay. So it's just like these are things that Flutter Entertainment um, owns or is branded. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So they're starting to expand. Yeah. And but I guess up front to say this about all the companies we're about to go into or ETFs, um, they're currently all sitting at like all time highs pretty much. <laughs> uh, so despite the huge, like, except Fubo, Fubo was down 30% oh, this month. Good catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So except Fubo. Yep. So the next one we'll go into is MGM Resorts, which mm. their ticker is MGM. Global Hospitality Entertainment. And they jumped up 32% this last month. Boom. They're one of the grandfather too. hosts for a lot of uh, sports betting that goes on in Vegas. You know? Vegas. Well, and, and, and you don't get a big ticket get fight if you aren't at the MGM Grand. Who hasn't been at one of the MGM resorts? Yeah. These, these right? a lot of these like big popular you know Vegas resorts and entertainment companies, they're acquiring online betting platforms. Oh, of course they are. Like they, they, have have to. To. they have to. Easy they, transition. They have to. Yeah. Easy transition. Which that's, I don't know how it affects the market, but I mean, it just brings up Right, like the. I mean, I would have assumed. I would have been shocked if they didn't. Yeah. So, what's your take on? So they're they're having a they struck a deal with the Las Vegas football team. You mean the Va- the Raiders? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I've seen. I don't get that. Because MGM but, did or yeah, they're yeah. striking a deal with them. Which I, I was wondering what your what your opinion is on it because I I don't I don't have any idea what's how what, it's going to be. Okay, so I've seen. I think it was when I was looking at. I don't know if I was looking at Round Hill or something else, but. They there are individual organizations like joining these different companies. What I, what does that mean? What are they doing that for? I don't know. So well, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, I mean, this to me looks like you know they're just a partner. So I mean, that just means they're just a financing financial backer. I mean, it's similar to like HEB being a partner with the Spurs, you know. Yeah. So so, so do you think means? like so like MGM Resorts are going to use the Raiders as? Like a new, they are, they will like, have yeah they like, will use them for commercial I'm sure for commercial purposes for basically uh, like outreach basically trying to outreach and expand their mm-hmm. customer base basically using a football team mm-hmm. so kind of like sponsoring an athlete but instead of like one specific athlete you're sponsoring a whole entire football team I'm gonna assume it's gonna be very similar to the relationship that like HEB has with like the Spurs where it's just kind of like they have commercials they have you know they're kind of ingrained and but the difference is with MGM is they're more of like a national thing, a worldwide thing, even. Oh, like, so they're probably going to tie it into all the resorts and everything like that. And people can actually, I assume that makes total sense. Where now they're going to be like the Raiders are going to be tied into the MGM resorts. And so people, it's huge. Yeah, people are huge fans of the Raiders, can get benefits by going to different resorts, things like that. There's going to be packages, that kind of stuff. And then also it just kind of gets their name out because now they're tied to a football team. Yeah, now that, yeah, exactly. I think it's like, you know, it's pretty, oh, that'd be dubbed to be. If you're like a season ticket holder and you get benefits. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet it's okay. sure. exactly happening. Sure. I'm just having this thing. That'd be cool. I'm sure. Like if Spurs gave us, you know, like HEB discounts or something. It's also Vegas. So who knows what kind of other table stuff they got going. Yeah. Ooh. We have, uh, <laughs> what are we on? Esports Entertainment? Yes. Ticker GMBL. Gamble. Nice. They get so creative with their ticker symbols. I it's, love it. It's good. I fucking love it. That's that's what. Dang it. That's what I think wins. We're, we're trying not, dang <laughs> oh, it. Yeah. Potty, he's a potty mouth, guys. Yeah, right, we're trying it. to. I think I've sorry, been good, guys. Today. Yeah, we've been good. We, honestly, I think we've all been pretty good. Yeah, John's been a potty well, mouth. You haven't. Don't 
Have yeah. I not? No, nah, you've been potty mouth really all been, over this. Have I really been cussing a lot? Yeah, we'll bleep them out. We're just going to have to edit the... Just have pauses. Like, yeah, we're just going to have to do that. I don't know much about this company. Sorry, kids. But it's an operates an online gambling company. Uh, yeah, these are just more companies to look into. Yeah, and once again, seeing at all-time highs. So yeah, so all these... I think just in general, because the all these gambling companies that are on the stock market or in the stock market, they're just all running up together, uh, largely just because this industry is kind of in a booming phase right now i think it's got a lot of eyes yep yeah which which like we'll get into later but i think there's gonna be some pretty good setups and potential trades that can be played both directions i think from my personal standpoint what i'm looking at is like a lot of them are starting to get pretty overextended i think fubo was the first one to kind of take the dive um and i think others going to follow pretty soon just have this correction that i think you know stocks usually take at any point in time when they're on some some big like bull run surge they're going to need a correction at some point because they're way overvalued and i think that's gonna be a good point to get in for those of you that want long-term holds that kind of stuff but we'll go into that later the next one is fubo fubo is fubo <laughs> all right so we're gonna talk about TV. what who you're just shit talking oh yeah. dang it Ugh, wow damn, dude oh, shoot. f-u-b-o that's the ticker fubo fubo uh yes so this one we were actually we were actively trading this one this one was pretty interesting uh, the past money. few weeks yeah so, so did, yeah john did. made some good money he had a solid stop in he ended up catching it like at the high before it started dipping I had good research. Did a trailing stop loss. Yeah, Jake did the research. I, had good I research just on that I one. just benefited with the trailing stop loss. That's all. But and this is this is after it was like sixty something dollars. When was that? Like I don't know, three months ago. Mm-hmm. And then it they got shorted up the wazoo. You know that thing dropped crazy fast. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually played a. I had a Juicer? call on him a while back, and I caught like one of the surges, and I was good with that. And then I haven't really looked at Fubo since. Uh, I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, he's thinking like, right, like it's it's still got more of its experience to roll out and so even though it's, it's kind of low right now it dipped really low to i think to a significant value at like 27 dollars last week yes so for those of you that want to know more about the charts so the 200 day moving average is a pretty significant ema a lot of people like this one it's used as like kind of like a gold standard in terms of emas and a lot of stocks like to bounce around this and when it gets too overextended it likes to pull back and the ema when it's in a a surge, for example, the EMA likes to act as as a support line. That's when a lot of institutions and traders will hop in when it starts getting near that line, because that's typically going to be a support. Um, and it just hit that line, and now it's starting to recover a bit. Um, and this was actually during earnings that happened last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks, two weeks ago, first, first of March. Yep, and it's one of those things where it's so weird because earnings are so odd. It's it's really is a gamble, right? Pun intended. Uh, well, but especially now more than ever. Oh yes, and when you have these stocks that are overextended, just in general, what happens is earnings. Even with outstanding, potentially outstanding earnings, these stocks have a tendency to plummet because they've already been way overextended leading up to this earnings report. And then the earnings come out, regardless of what the earnings do, maybe it is bad, but maybe it is good. A lot of them will have this correction right after earnings. Um, and, you know, long term point or even like a longer swing trade that could present a potential good opportunity for a swing play if it has a major drop like 20, 30 percent, which happens to some of them. Like Fubo had a very significant drop. I think it was just like one percent. Yeah, timing one day. So yeah, and then went more. Exactly timing of the markets, and then the fact that it was already overextended. It was just like the market sentiment was negative when the ER came out, and so Fubo really tanked and pulled back to the two hundred EMA. So for those that are looking for long term, um, a lot of people like these setups. So we're not saying you should invest in it, but from a trader standpoint, this is something that people like to look out for. I, I mean, like the way. The way I see it is like you could swing this thing over the next several months and probably because it's it's been so volatile. Like it's going up over 5%, 6% most days. It's definitely one you want to keep down. an eye on. Yeah, like down. And it's like 
and, and also for me, it's like I'm holding long. Like I'm like, this is going to be, I think, in my mind, a potential growth stock, like especially if it's seasonal at all. Yeah, so I, I'm going to hold a little bit longer, but you could definitely, like I wish I kind of were just uh, swing trading this thing and just sticking with it because like, again, you made several hundred dollars on your trade and then I could have like got out at the same time, but I'm just, hold, I keep buying more shares as it goes into dips. Dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Very nice for those investors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm going to keep, I'm going to hold it. I think, even though there's other betting companies that are getting into the same market and there's going to be a lot of competition here over the next two years, I, I don't I don't see why that would take away if like it's a growing market, right? Like it's a growing market at large. And so, oh yeah, like this is going to be one of the leaders in it just because I know I've used the service myself and, you know, don't look at it's like TV, like, you know, like this. I've used it. Don't use it as even like knowing. A, don't use it as Netflix. Oh, like, just use it for sports. Don't use it for anything else. And, and for those, so for those of you that, I haven't been really tracking Fubo and like kind of their developments as a company. They have done really well recently due to the fact that they're focusing on sports streaming. That is where they're like making a large part of their money. That's where they're getting a lot of customer base coming in. And that's where you can watch Red Zone, for example, for Dude, yes. for NFL. And Red Zone's amazing, especially yeah. if you're like us and you might have like slight ADD. Who knows? It's actually really good because Red Zone's really fast paced and keeps you focused on all the highlights of each game. But that's a really big thing that Fubo has been capitalizing is sports and up front, they're a streaming service, and now they're integrating the sports betting, which I think, personally, is a really cool move. And I think for sports betting companies in general, it's pretty difficult. Uh, well, if we go back to DraftKings, for example, this is pretty interesting. Like the market, uh, the marketing, the amount of money they spend on marketing is insane. Like if you listen to any of their earnings, DraftKings spends a an, an large amount of money on marketing. Yep. So when you look at how much it costs per customer they get, how much are they flowing in? And right now, they're flowing way more into each person for marketing than they actually get from that person right now. And that's just part of marketing, right? You just throw tons of money into it and helps you get customers and that you get, you have good like you know customer retention rates, that kind of thing. And eventually, it pays out in the end, which I think is what obviously what DraftKings is looking at is the long term. And they're just going to continue to because now DraftKings is like a normal name that everyone recognizes. And it's largely due to their marketing and the fact that they struck a deal with ESPN. Well, Fubo, I think Fubo's taking a really cool direction because they already have a platform that is doing well for them now. And with this sports betting, they're just integrating another means of of revenue, basically. Yeah. So, and I, th- yeah, and I think there's going to be a, like a, a difference from how DraftKings is approaching it, where they are a sports betting company. You have Fubo, who is first and foremost a streaming company, now with sports gambling added to that. So, pretty yeah. big. Uh, next one is Round Hill. Roundhill Investments, they have a sports betting and I I think I or e-gaming ETF bets, B-E-T-Z. Another I think cool, I'm, another cool ticker. I think in like mostly, and like, yeah, I, all-time high, but I like Roundhill because they're also into subs, which is related, but streaming services. Mm. And they do have holdings like Fubo TV, Spotify. Uh, they even have Netflix. Um, and then they also have Nerd, which is esports ETF. Oh, yeah. So as we're going to talk about in our next podcast. Yeah. So I won't say much about that. Yeah, which I love. I uh, love but definitely love related. Roundhill ETF. If you like sports betting, uh, like a lot of these things go hand in hand between subs and e-gaming, then this is a good company. I think Roundhill in general kind of is taking a more aggressive approach to how they're building their ETF, which is something I like to see, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking about developing, you know, 
industry. developing an industry. I'm, or I guess in this situation, redeveloping it's, an industry. It always like I feel like their ETFs are fresh. That's what I think of when I, when I think of Roundhill. Because I'm, I'm like so personally, I'm a nerd. I think nerd's great. I've been in it for a long time, and it's done exceedingly well for me. And it's a long term hold. I just just because I believe in the esports industry as a whole, as someone who is a, you know, likes to play video games on a regular basis. Yep. Oh yeah, big time. So yeah, I think I think Roundhill is doing a good job with their ETFs at this, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other company, Churchill Downs, which is, you know, the home of the Kentucky. Uh, so this has been around for a while. And we're talking, yeah, we're talking horse racing. So this is a company that's, as a, as a stock company, uh, when you look at the charts, it's pretty interesting. It is actually, year over year, pretty much beat the market average. And a pretty significant significant amount. So if you have a chart pulled up, you can compare it to, let's say, like the S&P 500 and see how it fares compared to that. And it does well. So historically speaking, as a stock, it performs well. So compared to the overarching market. So if, even if there's a downturn in the market as a whole, Churchill Downs tends to perform a little bit better. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, and that's just me as a trader looking at the charts and seeing what the numbers say. Um I think Churchill Downs has some pretty cool potential um, investment opportunities. So, just based off numbers alone. All right, so we covered a few of the companies that exist in this industry. The next one we're going to move into is the industry direction and where we're thinking it's going to go. And we've already kind of hit upon a lot of those points already, but we're just going to kind of go over it really quick too. Uh, the first one, sports betting revenue. So this one basically is expected to grow pretty exponentially till 2025 at least. Yeah, like someone. Yeah, I found a number eight billion dollars by 2025. Yeah, which is pretty big. And that's usually what I assume is pretty conservative. Yeah, usually when you yeah, see these yeah. kinds of analytics, they're usually very conservative. Again, yeah, with all these partnerships happening, who knows, right? And all the advertising going into it. Uh, there is a lot of diversification happening with the products, whether it's unique streaming platforms utilizing betting now, the mobile online, the different realm of realms of sports that they might venture into, uh, and then diversification of geography. So how it's spreading to actual like different places, physically speaking. Oh, yes. And I, I think just looking at the U.S. industry as a whole and the fact that only 30, like 30% of the states are currently allowing all of this. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how one how rapidly other states adopt this and then how fast the consumer base expands. So that'll be something to track as well. So and like when John was talking about how like the you know the more conservative statistics, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised at how fast states are adopting this and how fast the consumer base grows. So I think from a bullish standpoint I'm pretty bullish <laughs> as far as the expansion goes. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, so, okay. So as far as the industry direction, I mean, you could say that the diversification of products and geography, definitely apparent. I mean, just looking at how the NFL casted their um, games this past year alone was enough to show you like how they kind of diversified that and found ways to do it. Maybe learned that there are better ways to do it than just the traditional through the different networks, you know, um, who knows? I mean, this is all, I'm speculating again, 
sports betting revenue, all the expected growth, probably pretty conservative. And in my opinion, when I first looked at the number that you mentioned on sports betting and the market size, like it looked short to me. It looked it looked a lot smaller than I would have expected. But um, I'm not a sports betting professional, so mm-hmm. yeah. And it'll also be inter- interesting. So we we kind of mentioned that there were other countries that have allowed sports gambling right across the entire country. I wonder what their industry looks like as far as growth, everything like that, what their size is, just based on population, and then eventually comparing it to the U.S. and seeing how it's going to differ. So that'd be pretty interesting as well, just to kind of get like numbers and, you know, a potential like growth rate going as far as a country. I do think that, I think like traditionally speaking, I think America's always been looked at as the gambling paradise as compared to other countries in the world, though. Hmm. I could be wrong. But, you know, Vegas, you know. I think a lot of people, when they think of America, Vegas is probably one of the first things they think of. Anyways, yeah. bearish, bullish. Perhaps? Yeah, so yeah, at this point, let's transition to the bearish <laughs> and bullish stances and see what John has to say about the bearish side of things. Why me? <laughs> I can start. I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, I think the biggest thing that I found is just uh, something related to like what uh, Cuomo in New York was mentioning, the governor. And he wants the, he mentioned in a press release that he wants the, you know, economics of sports betting to flow to the New York state and taxes rather than the shareholders of sports betting companies. So essentially he's hoping that this, as it grows, operates more like the lottery for states and how they make some revenue off of it. Um, Taxing the winners. Also, it could potentially be like a, a state mandated thing. Exactly. Like the state has some, like their hands in it. As you say, especially as states like let this thing become legalized in their, in their very, in their respective states. Yeah. I think, I think uh, there's already, I don't know if it's Pennsylvania. I think there's already, or New Jersey, there's already a state that's doing that. That part of the winnings, they go, it goes to the states. So taxing. Um, So I know it's like, it's a very stretch for it being fully bearish, but it does temper some of the growth of these companies. As I think when he said that, like, Something happened with DraftKings or something. Like well, immediately to me, wise. I could see it becoming bearish for the consumer because if the consumers all of a sudden start having to have all these issues with taxes and yep. if one state is is more oppressive than another or whatever the situation might be, I could see that drawing attention away from people mm-hmm. wanting to sports bet. Well, Just oh, because yeah. like, if it turns into some fiasco, you know. Well, it's also... Like capital gains, for example, like capital gains are worse. And, you know, I don't know any trader who's like, oh, I love capital gains, right? Like capital gains tax <laughs> yeah. on their earnings. So think about it. Like at the end of the day, you're using your hard earned money, which is taxed mm-hmm. either federally and or state. And it's getting taxed again. Yeah. And then whatever profits you make in the stock market, it's getting taxed again. So you've got twice over taxed money when you're just trying to, you know, make a make your way in this life. Right? I mean, that's that's what it's coming to. I mean, the easiest thing to do <sighs> is to focus on the small man. And just burden them. Because, I mean, it's hard to go after the big fish. It's always more expensive. Lawyers, courts. I got from that press release that they were looking to go after the operators. Not go after them, but, like, it would take away from the operators of these sports betting uh, platforms. Oh, rather than the person. I think so. The individual. I believe so. So, I think, yeah, a lot of the earnings and things would be. And so, that impacts what I think a lot of where a lot of these states, you know, operate. Mm. So, that is a potentially big concern if large states decide to do this and adopt this like texas like california new york uh even nevada interesting Mm -hmm. yeah so i guess kind of along those lines there's just overarchingly like what happens as an industry develops 
So this is what I kind of envision from a bearish standpoint is this oversaturation of companies and everyone wanting to get involved in the sports betting industry. And like, there can only be so many. Yeah. I think in this industry, there can only be so many available before people start getting, it gets oversaturated. And I think that's when there's going to be a kind of like a tipping point where one, I think the customer base, I think it's going to expand rapidly, but, and John, I've had this conversation before, like just gambling in general, how many people gamble on a regular basis? That's one. It's like two, how many people that like start out gambling, how fast do they end up quitting? I think I, and just me thinking as a consumer, if I'm losing and I'm not like, and I don't have like addiction problems or anything like that with gambling, um, just so like the average person, no issues whatsoever as far as addictions go to gambling. But like if I'm losing money doing something, I'm probably going to stop really fast. And I mean, even in DraftKings, like I, I stopped pretty fast. Like I didn't throw more money in to con- continue losing. I just had like a few left. And I threw that money into the Super Bowl because I wanted to. Cause I, thought it, I thought it'd be fun. But beyond that, I haven't done any sports gambling just because I'm like, yeah, majority of the time I do it, I lose. So I think going back to this oversaturation part, what you're going to have is you see this huge surge, which is happening now with all these companies getting heavily involved in the sports betting. I mean, from a bearish standpoint, the customer base is going to, yeah, it's going to surge, but I think it's going to top out and there might even be like a big fallout because you're going to have a lot of people. And it's like, how many people are actually profitable in gambling? And out of that percentage, how many of them are going to continue to stay year over year with sports betting? It's and always a smaller percentage of people who make money. Exactly. And, and John, I think you mentioned something about, I, I think the closest market is just, you know, gambling as, as at a whole. And like you look at like Texas Hold'em tournaments and it's like what, like the what you said, like potentially like the sizes of those have like decreased. Oh, we'll certainly have. I mean, yeah. back when they boomed during the full tilt poker days, like, yeah, it was far more popular but, I mean, it was also like the Wild West because there was no regulation. There was nothing. And then all of a sudden, the hammer dropped and it all ended like almost overnight. Yeah. And you don't hear people talking about Texas Hold'em on a regular basis. Yeah. You don't have Poker After Dark anymore. I mean, remember how many different shows there were on poker? Like, that alone was crazy. I oh, mean, yeah. the World Series of Poker, I mean, it obviously still goes on, but it wasn't near as mainstream as it is. Or it was, it was far more mainstream back then. I think it's definitely lost popularity. But also... It's probably growing too. I see poker starting to make a resurgence as people are figuring out how to legally do it. Oh yeah, that's always that that has been its one like ball and chain is that um, after the hammer dropped. I mean, it's been a slow moving thing, a slow moving process, which is something something to consider when you look at this industry. It's taken poker a long time to get to the point to where they're at today, and I still don't think that they're at a point where they are any more popular than they were in 2007 so you're talking about almost a deck almost 20 years worth of like work in that industry to get it back out there oh yeah and it's still not at that level because i'm not playing i mean had had it been at that level that it was at then i would certainly be playing poker online right now but oh yeah and as much as i like playing it like even with you know just the guys i would you know there's no inkling inside of me that wants to actually go to a tournament but i mean if there were shows and if it was like throwing your face more often and it was actually really cool to watch like i mean i think you would probably be more inclined oh yeah but but yeah i mean uh i mean also on the bearish side you know it's a cool idea and all but cool ideas can certainly fail mm-hmm. for reasons we don't quite understand and I, I think about things that have happened in the past that were brand new to an industry whereas like kind of like i guess to bridge in esports like how much is this industry banking on esports betting do you think at all a little or a lot 
Hmm. Because if that's the case, then I'm actually worried. Because I don't think I think esports betting would be a nice cherry on top. I think it's a little. But if it if they're actually fundamentally relying on esports to grow into a sports betting situation, I think that could potentially fail. Because professional sports or professional esports, I don't really see it as a super I just don't really see it. Well, like not the equivalent think, of like the NFL or the NBA. Yeah, but I mean, even those, like even like professional sports. I mean, there hasn't there been a decline. Like if you look at it in the last ten years, I don't know. We're talking about we're gonna be talking about esports next next. Cat- oh yeah, that'd okay. be something that we could. So tag yeah, like, into let's get that. into that into details. But I think this situation is a low risk, high reward for sports betting mm-hmm. platforms. Right? It's it's probably easy transition. Something small that they like once they have it like hammered down with the actual you know sports then it's a quick rollover to their esports and well for sure and but, like in all, up, yeah. but like in all gambling and kind of what josh talked about the yeah. oversaturation there aren't going to be as many winners as there are losers mm-hmm. and so what does that mean as far as your investments go in the long term if the when the landscape changes a few years from now like who are going to be the winners and who are going to be the losers there's surely going to be far fewer winners so and off that number you mentioned earlier about how many companies there are and how many employees there are, mm-hmm. I mean, just that number alone kind of, yeah. to me, I feel a little, I feel like we're still in a very early stage, which is a good and a bad thing. Because, mm-hmm. you mean, which company is it that's going to win? Because yeah. now you have, now we have, just to kind of talk about what we talked about earlier, uh, different mergers like DraftKings, you know, and Dish Network compared to like Fubo and uh, Big Victory. Victory. Yeah, I mean, on the other hand, with bullish, right? If we're moving on the bullish standpoint, this competition is going to breed a lot of cool things. I think there's going to be a lot of innovation that happens that's already happening uh, with sports betting, and it's going to keep going, right? I, I think the user experience and the ease of access is just going to increase more and more, especially as these huge corporations are buying into it that are acquiring different companies and buying shares of different companies. Like, uh, you know, like I, I see Amazon venturing into this and diversifying its, its entire company uh, further. I could, and you see MGM venturing out into it. So I think that's a big bullish indication is when you have these huge um, companies doing this. Um, yeah, like so entertainment is moving into the industry. All right, so now it's not just betting for the sake of gambling. It's, I think, betting as an immersive experience with you watching the game, mm-hmm. which I think is the next, like, right? Like, it's... Oh, well, I mean, you look at just, like, fantasy leagues as a whole. I think yeah. that alone gets people much more involved. I mean, even our, we look at our yeah. league that we just started this year, this past year, and some of the individuals who, in, in, in the league, haven't really been that avid of sports watchers. And then this year, they became avid sports watchers all of a sudden, <laughs> just solely because they were part of a fantasy league. Like... Well, and it's, 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 a, it's a good model because if you're, it's already something you're married to. If you're into like different teams or different sports, and that's just something that you know a lot about and follow all the time, then by us as a society viewing sports betting as something more analytical and skill-based, mm-hmm. that goes hand in hand, right? People who feel that they know en- enough and are knowledgeable enough about particular sports and their teams and players that... I think that's just going to encourage them to be more confident with when it comes to moving money with this. Oh, definitely. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah. if you're already going to talk about it and you, yeah, like it's, and you're doing it with fantasy sports or 
Yeah, I think I think accessibility has been like kind of one of the biggest deterrents, right? Like like, like in the past is people not having access, mm-hmm. and now they're getting like immediate access. Like you can literally just pull it up on your phone, and like like DraftKings for example. Like that was like the easiest like yep. gambling experience I've ever had in my life. Being able to just download it and sit and like as I'm watching, you know, Patrick Mahomey throw his ball, <laughs> you know, I'm able to like yeah, yeah. put in bets on DraftKings as I'm watching the Kansas like City Chiefs mm-hmm. or Tom Brady, you know, the GOAT. Like so I mean like <laughs> honestly I was like that experience alone, I was like, wow, this is really easy. And it's actually actually a lot more fun because I have that other side of that immersive experience you're talking about right in the palm of my hand. Yeah. And I can I can access it whenever I want. Well, and your investment is more than just like your adoration for the team or players exactly it's, it's your adoration for money right <laughs> like it's like that's it, starting to come into it now and be mo- an additional motivator oh yeah especially being like for people who are like in cities who don't like don't have big professional sports teams specifically football for us yep you know it's like we we kind of go with you know whatever team that we enjoy at the time mm-hmm. so and that's more reason for us to want to you know with sports betting more reason for someone to get involved and put money down on the team they're currently rooting for yeah so mobile sports gambling yeah that's that's another bullish sign for us. I mean, it's again, it's it's just all about the access, and so this thing being readily available in the palm of your hands without having to go to like a physical building or something, uh, and it's super user friendly apps. So I think that's a huge reason for this to keep growing. And esports gambling. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I used to play with Brad all the time. Like him and I would just stay because we were all, we were on the West Coast, so we yeah. were like. By the time everyone was asleep, Brad and I would start hopping on on the West Coast, and we'd be like playing late night, and we would always talk about. It. And like he doesn't play; he has kids and everything, so we don't play much. But we were just getting like curb stomped constantly in Warzone, and yeah. that was like one thing we brought up was like, man, like it's just so much like it's almost more enjoyable just watching yeah streamers play rather than us getting crushed every single time. And then when you tag in like sports gambling into that, like that's something that potentially both of us probably would have done. Had it been around, you know, like two years ago when we were, you know, in L.A. just playing Warzone, getting like obliterated <laughs> when we could just pivot <laughs> and potentially make money on it. Just watching something that we're enjoying. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm, I, yeah, I think esports, esports for me personally, I'm pretty bullish on it. I think it's going to be a really easy platform for majority of these companies to transition to. And there's a lot of money to be, to be made in this area. Yeah. And I, I think just streaming picking up as much as it is where individual streamers whether it's games or just chatting or something related uh, i think that's going to continue to grow because even if like i don't play warzone but i have been watching the same warzone streamer for the last year and beyond that and it's like that i think that's i'm I'm a typical consumer right that's just like subscribing watching this stuff and as soon as like esports gambling comes in again i'm not playing nfl football but i'll bet on it all day like next season right Mm -hmm. when it happens Mm mm-hmm Yep. Live betting. I haven't actually, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like I haven't done it. I haven't seen it yet as a feature. Yeah, basically like play by play. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. Yeah, like I get the idea, but I, I, I mean, I'm interested to see like, like again, I, I picture it as like when I'm watching on, on Twitch an NFL game being streamed and a streamer watching it, like when the polls come up, that's mm-hmm. what I picture it as. Is... Uh, well, like, and you can even do it like in tennis, for example, like literally like <laughs> a certain round, this person's going to serve and they're going to mess it up. And you could literally like make a bet on that. Jeez. So that can happen like in game. So yeah, so that's live betting. And I think people that are going to be more involved, like our friend Chase, for example, like this is something that's obviously going to be catered more towards him who literally likes play by plays, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah. And so, yeah, so we basically we've hit upon a lot of the bullish sentiment 
throughout this entire thing. I think from a trading standpoint, for my personal opinion, I think a lot of these companies are overextended at the, at the time. I think they have gone up alongside the rest of the, like the tech industry, for example. And it's one of the industries that just kind of surged on this COVID recovery. And right now there's kind of a rebalancing and people were saying that the, the money's rotating into different industries. Um, the Dow is currently on a surge right now. The NASDAQ's like plummeting and had this like correction, had like a, I think like right over a 10% correction and is now starting to recover again. And it could potentially keep going down, may not be out of it, we don't know yet. But I think from a trading standpoint, um, a lot of these company, uh, companies from my perspective um, are going to need some sort of pullback soon, um, but long term, or even in the short term, right after that happens, there's going to be some pretty cool setups happening, especially when there's news that hits the table. Because right now, DraftKings kind of has the big uh, limelight right now. And they I have think, the lead. I would say. I would say they have the lead. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Fubo's getting there, and so I think these other companies, and I, I like you know for sure that these companies have been around forever in gambling. They're going to be picking it up too, and they're going to be pushing really hard they already have the infrastructure for all this so like their rapid expansion and creating these bullish trading scenarios i think is going to happen really quickly so. i'm curious also how much because you see it all the time trends in certain industries in the stock market where the leader of the pack the rest of them kind of follow and so i'm curious because like we saw it with tesla like when tesla started getting dinged so did all the other EVs. everything like everything in the ev industry whether they're making charging stations or they're making cars they were all getting dinged, and uh, I'm curious if that might be the same thing here. Like watching some something like DraftKings, which, in my opinion, is probably the leader right now. Like, in, as far as sports betting goes, like if they start taking a dip, I'm curious if that would be the trigger to see the whole industry make a correction. Oh yeah. But uh, at the same time, looking at something like Fubo, I'm starting to like Fubo more and more because of like you know it, it seems to. Have, had its correction like i feel like at this point i don't know how overextended they could be i think uh they but they probably have already if there is another correction and they go down even further like i mean to me i would be pretty bullish on fubo if that were the case yeah i mean i mean ideally just from a trading standpoint you're always looking for discounted stocks yeah and if fubo gets that territory then that's an even better yeah that's what i'm alluding position. to right now is that they oh, seem yeah. to be the most discounted stock I, I think even in the shorter term for the people who might be bearish on the fact that it's so overextended, that's a trade you can make. And even though some people consider, you know, shorting un-American, you know, I've dabbled in it. Quite, <laughs> you know, I've dabbled in it too, you know. Like, you, <laughs> you got to play both sides as a trader, right? If you're going to look at something objectively, that's a position that you can look at as shorting. And if you're looking at an overextended market, then the shorting opportunities are pretty endless. And if you do it right, you can make a lot from it. For sure. Yep. For sure, for sure. Definitely something, an industry that needs to be on the radar right now. Definitely. Yeah. Jake, you have anything else? No, I'm good. John? No, that's, I've said my part. All right. Talk. Well, yeah, well, this wraps up our podcast for the day on sports betting and the industry as a whole. And as we discussed, we went to the industry snapshot. We went to the trends, the different companies that are currently in this industry. And then also we discussed the industry direction and gave the bearish and bullish stances and potential trading setups and investing setups that people may or may not want to use. Um, this is the untapped trader and thanks for joining. Thanks guys.